the latest on the world game. This is 442 Insider. Hello and welcome to this week's 442 Insider Podcast. As always, I'm publisher Andy Jackson. Joining me, Trevor Trahan. Hello. The tea down. <laughs> and special guests, Adam Peacock from the Allen Day Match Day Saturday. Adam, welcome. Oh, hello. <laughs> now, Adam, Adam was surprised when I led him away from the boardroom and into the broom cupboard. So, it's a whole new guess, experience, isn't guess it? Yes, <laughs> only, only get the boardroom once. Now, now you're part of the family and you do it where we normally do it. Fair enough. We always get complaints that it's echoey when we do it in there, so this uh, this is better. This is intimate. It's like Nirvana so on the stage with people. the rug and the exactly. unplugged. Exactly. Anyway, carry on. Um, all right, let's kick off for the weekend. Melbourne victory, 10 from 10. <laughs> Adelaide, doesn't matter how well they're playing, where they are on top of the league, they cannot beat Melbourne victory. They've never been better, but still not good enough to beat first Melbourne. Minute, first minute goal as well from Fifey. Oh, no. Our man. It's off his shoulder, that. Yeah, you know? it's classic. Your man. Oh, we love yeah. it, Fife. Okay. Yeah. It's, um, it's just brilliant. I was saying, football genius. I actually had a conversation with someone watching the match, and it is quite incredible that there's two players in Adelaide's lineup that have got four letter first names with three vowels Ian Fife, Ian Ramsey. That is incredible. That's a stat. <laughs> That's, That's, right. Right. That's a level of punditry. <laughs> You wouldn't get Alan Shearer picking that out, would you? Nope. <laughs> People are bagging up match of the day. Maybe they need to go down. No, maybe there they you don't. Go. Um, well, yeah, I suppose. But the match. Would Ricardinho count in that? The one-name no, no, players? But, no, but four letters. Just four letters in his first name. Ah. You know, the, the, the right, ratio yeah, of vowels yeah, to consonants yeah, is yeah, yeah. overwhelming. But the match. <laughs> the match. Trev, what did you make of it? Robbie Cruz. Ian Fife's name. <laughs> <laughs> Robbie Cruz got him back in. Probably say Galekovic would should have done a little bit better with that. It was beaten at his near post. I think he did get a hand on it, but not a strong enough hand. Hernandez uh, with the winner. Bit 68 of, minutes. Bit of an uh, air of, an, of a inevitability. 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 It's got a lot of vowels in it. See why he's an editor, can't you? Yeah. <laughs> it's um, I don't speak for him, do <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah, as soon as Cruz got that goal back, then the whole momentum of the game shifted. And then coming out in the second half, you could always see Hernandez getting that goal to get him in front. And, I mean, what is it? Is it a psychological thing? I think I mean, it's got to be because, yeah, and also psychological, psychological uh, from, from Melbourne as well. Yeah. Because going down one in the first minute at home to the league leaders who haven't lost this season, and they didn't panic. You know, it's like they just kept playing a game, and I just, it, it's just that belief that you're going to win. And from Adelaide's perspective, that belief that even though they have taken the lead, Melbourne will probably come back at them and nick at least one goal. Flores got marked out of the match, didn't he? Yeah, no, that was interesting, that was. Yeah, I mean, they, they certainly, having his run the game in a, in a lot of games he's played, and he wasn't allowed to do that. Um, you know, with Brebner in the centre of that midfield. Billy Selesky, I always, I always like Billy Selesky. I think he's good work rate, good feet. Um, and Pondoyak still getting a fair amount of game time and decisive game time. Mm. Yeah. Yep. I mean, what do you think, Trev, Adelaide, and what will they take from that? Or, oh, know, look, it's not the end of the world, is it? I mean... They lost by a single goal away to one of the most successful teams in the league. Um, it's a little, um, you know, a little hiccup, but I can't see it being a problem. You know, from next week, I still think they're the the second strongest team in the league. I, I still think Brisbane look the best out of anyone, um, and I'm sure they've got bounce back ability, as Ian Dowie once uh, <laughs> once coined. Yeah, I don't, no, I don't, is I don't, that an official word? That is. Yeah, it is completely a word. It is in the dictionary. Yeah. Um, 
All right, talking to Brisbane. Uh, Sydney FC played host to Brisbane in the first of uh, a doubleheader um, at the SFS on Saturday, thanks to the uh, Mariners pitch being relayed. Luke Devere opened the score in seven minutes. Alex Brosk equaled things up at half-time. No one could find a winner. Um, I suppose you think Sydney would be pleased with this point. It's a point game for them. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I know the the champions and what have you, but they've been so awful and everyone's been so bad for them. Um, I thought Brisbane were going to hammer them, you know, so to pick up a point is a reasonable point for Sydney. I... To be honest, I didn't see the match. I was confined to quarters, not allowed to even uh, go to work on Saturday. I had to go to a uh, family wedding, but I did see the highlights, and it looked like uh, Brisbane certainly uh, had the, the run of play, even even though the, the score was one all. But uh, towards the, Chelsea, the end, chances and chances and chances, and yeah, Sydney uh, Sydney pretty happy with getting away with a the point there. They're probably yeah. the, we're probably weighing it up whether or not they're happy or not with getting a point given their table position. But if you put them in the middle of the table and given how the game went, they'll probably be happy with the fact that uh, they walked away with something from that. Yeah. OK. Second game in the doubleheader uh, was an altogether more one-sided affair, hmm. which was the Mariners spanking Perth royally on the bottom. Could 5-0. It, <laughs> could it get worse? Um, yes, it could. And it was also, because there wasn't a goal in this for the first sort of 37 <laughs> minutes. It was 1-0 at half-time, and then the second half was just a, a procession, really. And um, if you're Ian Ferguson, you're probably looking at that going, oh, yeah, what, have I, what have I inherited here? Um, mm, bugger him. What about the fans? They're probably thinking, what on earth has gone on? We've changed know, the, the, the usual time-honoured... Tradition of changing the management and then <laughs> bringing them in and whammo, you whack, get a few extra points, don't you? As soon as they come in, <laughs> well, it feels as well like the season started so well for them. It was like the first yeah. four games, top of the league, everything was looking great. Did you tip them to I win did. in the mag? Yes, <laughs> I'm so pleased. <laughs> I wasn't alone. Simon Hill did as well. Yeah, <laughs> Andy Harbour did it last season, and Simon Hill's walked into it this season. Um, yeah. Dear. So, uh, obviously, we'll talk about last night's games uh, when we've just uh, finished rounding up. Obviously, Perth got a, got a result, yeah, well, a draw yesterday, still didn't score. But um, Newcastle Jets uh, obviously had to move up to Port Macquarie to play Melbourne Heart, thanks to the uh, motocross uh, that ruined the pitch. So, But it didn't do them any good. They got beaten 2-0 by Melbourne Heart. Nick Kalmar with a, we wouldn't call it an overhead kick. It was more of a sort of scissor kick, I'd say. Um, sort of side on scissor kick rather than a Are you devaluing the athleticism? No, no, think, I think there's a very distinct <laughs> differentiation right between a sort of side on high volley and a true bicycle kick. You know, true bicycle kick is you're off the ground and you are going backwards like that. It wasn't one of those. We'll get your thoughts on another one that I saw th- during the week involving a match involving a team called Newcastle, but carry on. Okay, we'll see that. Yeah, 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 Nolan's one. And yeah. then Seabon put it beyond doubt, although it was. It was was in the 94th minute from the penalty spot. So um, First ever away win for the Hart, is that right? Is that right? I believe so. I'll it is now. You, I'll trust you, stat <laughs> Um Yeah, I think so. And they're, they're looking a lot more promising. The Jets are obviously constructing their England under-21 circa late 90s. <laughs> um, desperately need a striker. and Because, um, you know, a few chances knocking around, but they just need someone to stick it in the back of the net. So How long's Bridges out for? Do we know when he might be? Indefinitely, I think. Mm. It was four to six, I hear, when it happened. But with him, unfortunately, yeah. four to six can quickly become fourteen to sixteen. Yeah. Unfortunately, so hopefully it's not for the guy. But yeah. I think so. Well, one of the problems with with the players when they get to that age and they have had a history is sometimes on the rehabilitation, 
when they're making their recovery, it puts stress on other areas of their body and they mm. get associated injuries with that. So the injury is actually fine, but it's yeah, it's like the hand bone's connected to the knee bone and all that. <laughs> Fortunately, yeah. I'm speaking from experience here. <laughs> I can get a little niggle in the ribs and <laughs> by the end of the day, my knee's gone. Um, <laughs> North Queensland uh, got turned over at home by Gold Coast. Uh, Traore opened the score in 11 minutes Mark Hughes uh, equalised bang on half time and then Dino Gilbich from a well worked set piece uh, training ground move uh, headed the winner with uh, 6 minutes to go so um, Fury again a bit of a stop start season for them they'll get a win they'll lose a couple um, what do we make of the game Trev? Yeah, Gold Coast still playing very un Gold Coast like um, but these are the sort of results they need to pick up if they're going to sort of be serious Run into the finals, um, yeah. Fury just can't seem to get going, can they? You know, I mean, I love watching them though. Oh, no, yeah, it's great. Something it's always happens yeah, when it's they good play. Fun. Something you've sort comical of, or outstanding happens. You've sort of adopted them on match day Saturday, haven't you? Is yeah, right? it's not because we. I don't know, but you'd be easier to pin it on the fact that we maybe feel a bit sorry for them. But I think it's more down to the fact that they are entertaining, and something always happens when they play. And our man with the uh, the beige jacket on the sideline as well. Incidentally, Striker, man. the crowd. Good crowd. Yeah, oh, yeah, 7,000. Like, considering it's a good crowd in the sense that the last three or four games they've had, they've gone four to four and a half thousand, and then bang, they got over 7,000. 7, so hopefully that means that they're maybe finding a niche on a Sunday afternoon. That might be their go yeah. to get people to the game. And also, and that's probably a more family-friendly time as well, um, instead of a late on a Saturday night. But um, also it might be the um, people up there perhaps... Up in arms, or um... I think it is. I think there's a lot of that. There was a lot going on in the press last week. There was a big um, front cover of the Townsville Bulletin, which was, you know, public enemy number one with Ben Buckley's face on it. I think there was a lot of that. Like Aiden, we sent Aiden up there, and and there was a lot of that that feeling that it was their chance to show the FFA that they deserve continued support. So it's the best way to go about it really is to turn up rather than not turn up. You'd rather them turn up. Well, that's what they were getting last season, a solid six to 7,000 every single game, and occasionally they'd go over that. So mm. hopefully that, that can continue. What about the, so what about the Jets crowd, though? 3,000. Oh. But then I found out there was the state's biggest triath- Ironman triathlon on that day. I mean, who is scheduling it's always summer, isn't it? these things? Yeah. Like, and, and when I found out about it, I remember it, because I know from up there, going up there a few times, Port Macquarie, that's a huge event. That takes over the town for yeah. a week. And accommodation's hard to get by now. I know why the, the Melbourne Heart had to couldn't find a joint to stay in because everything was taken up. But um, I suggested that they should get billeted out to separate households around the place for local <laughs> yeah, football families or something like that. But so that this is what happen. we've come to. Yeah, <laughs> life as an A League footballer. Grassroots, connecting with the grassroots, <laughs> literally. Um, but that was terrible, terrible, terrible. Anyway, we were hearing great things about getting 10,000 there and this, that and the other. Didn't happen. Yeah, well, I think the interesting one would be when they get back to Energy Australia yeah, Stadium, test, get it? off their bikes, put their football boots back on and start playing. So the ticket um, prices for the LA Galaxy match? Yeah, they start quite reasonably, but very quickly uh, spiral into... <laughs> what do you get for the top tickets? $176, isn't it? I mean, what do you get for that? I'd be wanting incredible. beer, food... David Beckham moisturiser. Crack at posh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've crack at posh. Anyway, moving on. Last I, night... I'm behind uh, you in the queue. Fresh off the press. Um, Brisbane Raw what went a, over the ditch and ruined Wellington <laughs> Phoenix's uh, proud home record. It was in 24 undefeated games. Went last night and in style. 
Brisbane running out 4-1 winners. Uh, Costa Barbarousis, the Wellington old boy, open scoring. Uh, Tim Brown equalised, but then just for half-time, Thomas Browich deflected goal. Put them back up, they didn't look back. Another two goals in the closing stages. Massive result this for Brisbane, you'd yeah. say. Biggest endorsement of their title challenge so far. Yeah. Um, you know, the stats tell you, and I love a stat, how hard it is to go there and get anything out of Wellington. So to go there and smash them 4-1. Um, yeah, I mean, they went top of the table with that, and that's where I think they deserve to be, because I, I, I make them currently a better team than Adelaide. Um, and I think if they can kick off from there, they're going to be very difficult to stop. Outstanding. Um, yeah. I, you can't put it any other way. Yeah, I, I watched this one, and um, they were just outstanding. Their usual self, how they have been all season. And once again, an opposition team can't cope with the fact that they're passing the ball around and letting the ball do the work. And, uh, yeah, Wellington, where do they go? Um, they've got, well, they go to Perth. That's where they go. They go on a plane for about 20 hours. That never yeah. goes well, does it? No. <laughs> yeah, no, we, we've talked about the fact that, that the A-League is a physical league, and yeah, but Brisbane are, are top of the league with... You know, two smaller guys running the midfield you couldn't wish to meet with Matt Mackay and Massimo Madoka. Broich is not exactly a man mountain either. You know, and they're they're top of the league through not through muscle but just through sheer uh, quality of their play. Yeah. So, you know, hopefully this might be a blueprint for what it takes to win. Just I think the championship in the UK has gone through a bit of this. Championship was always seen as oh, you need you need lads that are in there and are gonna muscle and Crane fight your, neck your way up out and stuff, you yeah. almost need a different team. Hmm. to get out of the championship then you then need going in the Premier League but I think Newcastle we'll talk about them in a bit you know and West Brom are showing that you know well A yeah. the championship you can win the championship now playing football and then you can go into the Premier League and compete playing football That's Blackpool as well you know Blackpool are not a you know, certainly not the traditional championship side. They play, yeah. So. yeah. Well, that's good for West Ham next season anyway. Though. Well, yeah, exactly. You might have a <laughs> shot. <laughs> well, you just got to get the football bit going first as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and we'll we'll leave the uh, the summary of last night's, uh, the second game last night to Kevin, whose headline, I think, summed it up, which was, no heart, no glory, snore draw. So, um, yeah, nil-nil, I suppose. If you're clutching at straws, you would say that Ian Ferguson stopped the rot and that they didn't lose. Uh, But they also didn't score. Um, The crowd is back down to a 5,700. They started at, what was it, 12, 14,000. Yeah, midweek though. Yeah, true. Not a bad crowd for midweek. I think Perth have got that 5,000, 6,000 hardcore no matter what. I mean, even when they were bottom, they were were getting that. um, Fowler on the bench. Yes, and Ferguson doesn't care, does he? <laughs> nope. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, we'll see what happens there. I mean, we said this last week, but if you're Tony Sage, I still don't understand the decision to give Ferguson next season as well. Wouldn't mm. you surely have just said, look, let take over, see what happens, we'll review it at the end of the season. And especially yeah. with these foreign coaches that have come in and, and done well, when there were no names to us, and then they've done such a good job. Um, to give Finn Ferguson yet another season based on this. And a guy like Ange, who's gone and transformed Brisbane into not only personal, personnel-wise, it's not personnel have come in there and decided to play like that. He's obviously dictated for them to play like the that. Way they're they're play playing it. the way. Surely there's a few other Australian people around the traps in state leagues and whatnot who are able to yeah. bring that forward. I do think the Ange thing as well, though, is a really good endorsement of bringing in a coach that sets that system and this is the way we're going to play but then backing him to have the time yeah. to get his own personnel because if you look at the squad that he inherited and there was a, yeah, there was a lot of shit talks when you know the, the, the big name you if you like this, can you? 
the big name Lay players. Lay your hair down. Were, uh, <laughs> you know, when the big name players or the, the more experienced players were leaving, they were all giving Ange part and shot on the way out. They had a horrific end to last season. You know, yeah. I think they lost seven out of nine. So, yeah. you know, and it would have been very easy for them to do that little sort of knee-jerk reaction, oh, it's not working, he's got rid of all the experienced players, but they stuck with him, they let him build his side, and they, they are playing the way he wants to play to his rules. And I think there's a, there's a lot of clubs that could look from that, rather mm. than, you know, like Ferguson's inherited a squad that he didn't build, mm. but I don't think that he's necessarily got that sort of long-term vision about how he wants his teams to play. So. He makes Fergie makes a few comments as well that doesn't fill you with confidence. Do you yeah. know he, he says things like, "Oh, it could get worse," yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. and things like, "Oh, we were terrible." Oh, so like you almost well, lost <laughs> ten on the bounce before. Yeah, so. that was it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so that win uh, took Brisbane temporarily to the top of the table. Uh, played 13, 26 points. Adelaide game in hand on twenty five, so they could reclaim top spot. Down the bottom, uh, Newcastle and Sydney FC tied on eight points. However, Newcastle have two games in hand, so Sydney are still a, still a wash at the bottom. Uh, leading scorers, Robbie Cruz, Sergio Van Dijk on five apiece. And on four, Alex Brosk, Bruno Casarine, Chris Greenacre, Paul Eiffel, Matthew Leckie and David Williams. Quick final rewind. Oh, Any more stats before we move? No, just wanted to get some views on the double header at Sydney and if that worked or if that was ever really good. How work. will the FFA count that? Will the FFA count that as, as a 10,000 crowd for both games or will they count it as a 5,000 crowd for both games? Maybe that's it. Maybe they're working the numbers. Exactly. So at the end of the season, it's like, we average exactly. 12,000. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Not stupid. I, I can't work out... I, I was given a reason why they didn't, um, but for the life of me, I can't work out why Sydney FC didn't play the second game. Uh, I was given the reason that because Vitislav wanted the best pitch and also he wouldn't get the home dressing room. And also, I think it was to do with the crowd because you didn't want the Sydney FC fans for whom it's their home stadium turning yeah. up and there already been supporters in their home end. They wouldn't have... We just don't allow them into that, that home end. Brisbane yeah. would have bought a pocket, Perth, no one. Central Coast would have bought a few. Give them the other end. That... That didn't make sense to me, but yeah. well, oh, it's worth a go. I mean, to answer the question on the official FFA media release, oh, right. oh, it has got both crowds as ten thousand seven hundred and forty-six. What a coincidence! <laughs> Maybe we struck on something here. Maybe yeah. we play all four games <laughs> back to back and get a cumulative crowd of twenty thousand. We could claim it was an average of twenty thousand. Yeah. How'd you anyway. that, what would you put on the tax return, though? I don't know. <laughs> You'd split it to five, I reckon. Tax returns, you don't pay taxes on losses, do you? Anyway, um, anyway that's enough for part one. <laughs> part two on that bombshell. We'll be back uh, to look at some of the main news on our website, au.442.com, in another big week for football. 442 is five years old this month, and we're celebrating with a new section, a hot new look, and a new editor. Australia's finest player, Harry Kuehl, takes over the editor's job at 442 this month with a look back at the highs and lows of his stellar career, and he delivers his controversial blueprint for the future of Australian football. Go inside Australia's bid to host the 2022 FIFA World Cup as we get exclusive access to the bid team, including Ben Buckley and Frank Lowy. We go one-on-one with French legend Robert Pires and launch a brand new performance section guaranteed to make you a better player. Honest, fifth birthday souvenir special issue on sale now. The latest on the world game. This is 442 Insider. 
Hello, welcome back to this week's 442 Insider Podcast. We are going to go all around the place in the next sort of 10 minutes, looking at what's been the main news uh, on our website, au.442.com. We're going to start with the AFC uh, Football Confederation Player of the Year Awards. Now, Tim Cahill made the shortlist, but the big news, if your name's uh, Jesse Fink, was <laughs> Sasser Oglanovsky, um, was shortlisted as well. Uh, as captain of um, who of his Korean side, not been getting a look in at the national team level. Uh, he's still alive. Yeah, he's only thirty-one as well. Apparently. Fantastic. Yeah, uh, he's about to captain his team in the, the the Asian Champions League final. So respect for that. But he he found himself squeezed out by a pin really, and and hasn't had a look in since. I mean, yeah, does he have a case? You'd probably argue that he does. Yeah, perhaps earlier. I mean, you know, saying he's only only thirty-one, but we're supposed to be talking about building for the future. He's not exactly someone you're going to get excited about yeah. sometimes with these list things well, we've done lists before you spread it around a little bit you know I almost feel like they go well we've got to have a couple of Aussies well, in there I mean let's have a look at it let's just have a look at it there's an Iranian uh, Kuwaiti Jordanian um, Honda the only red-headed Japanese player yeah going yeah. around Japanese Australian so I'd, I'd oh, say there's certainly an element of that yeah, come in and go. All right. Well, obviously we'll give Cahill a nomination because he's their best player, and then you know, captain in the Asian Champions League final. He's another Aussie, so we've checked that off. So I wouldn't read in too much of this. I'd rather play Spiranovic and let him have a few ropey games against Eastern International Football than bring in Ovanovsky. Adam, for the Asian, with the Asian Cup looming not far away. As you two look at your watch, <laughs> two, two months, eleven hours, <laughs> five minutes. Away. That Asian Cup countdown watch. <laughs> Wow, he's got a little Mohammed bin Imam with his arms on it. It's like the Ben 10 watch. <laughs> Point at the wall. Oh, what character am I going to be yeah. now? Um, that made no sense to anyone who doesn't have kids. Uh, Ogonovsky, give him a go, I yeah. say. Give him a go against Egypt. He probably won't. Um, it's not like Holger, though. He's not going to be able to see him. We had the, on Fox, we had the, uh, the two semis, and we'll have the final as well on viewer's choice. Um, on that particular night, oh, it's a very nice. <laughs> but uh, give him a go. I mean, yeah, I mean, the guy's obviously quality. He's he's captain of that side. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's he's got his team to there. You, you don't make a Champions League final in any Champions League around the world if you don't have a solid defence. So he obviously can play the game. Yeah, we knew that before he left. I think does as well. He, I mean, does he suit doing well in that kind of league? He's a big lump at the back, isn't he? I mean, is he going to be good enough international wise? Terrible turning circle and pace and stuff like that. I just reckon he it's might never get stopped a few, few <laughs> set But international football is a totally different yeah, no, brand of football. To I what think he's worth a look. You know, if we look, if we look at the uh, the recent game against Paraguay with John McCain and Jade North starting as centre backs, John McCain was not great, was he? And we're talking about large turning circles. So I mean, I, I think he's worth a look because we still don't know. You know, Spiranovic has been in and out with injury. You know, the Asian Cup is. Two months away. <laughs> yeah, he may well be someone who could step in in form and and do a job. So um, I think he's definitely worth a look. Uh, the Joeys. Now after I was following this on Twitter. Same. Yeah. In the same. car, which which is a really dangerous. <laughs> I've now got my iPad. Seat packed to the rafters. I have my way. iPad. Yes. I have my iPad on the passenger seat of the car, <laughs> and every time I sort of get stuck in traffic, I just press the refresh. And they were 2-0 down, so I thought, no, I'd better do the right thing. I'd better like, put the iPad away and not do it whilst I'm driving at 80k out of Sydney. I got a lecture from a missus about doing that this week after she watched Pack to the Rafters. Really? I'm not allowed to even take my hands-free kid into the car anymore. Anyway. I don't on. reckon that woman would have died from that crash. <laughs> it, got the, it got the back of the car. 
Yeah, it wasn't that bad a crash. Yeah. I don't, I don't watch it. I don't watch it, but I've seen it, you know, replaced. Oh, I had no bloody option. But yeah. <laughs> so anyway, they were two nil down, but then they came back uh, and won three two. They were two nil down at half time. <laughs> we get for the Joes. <laughs> for the Joeys, back for the Raptors, back to the Joeys. <laughs> so this is, uh, you know, Jan Verslaen. Can't argue with him. You know, so having uh, just come out from the final at the under-19 level. Um, Play the semi-Thursday night Aussie time? Yeah, I yes. so. So yeah. tonight, if you're listening to this on Friday, yeah. it was last night, so sorry we couldn't look into the future and give you the result. <laughs> yeah, we should uh, yeah. They've got, um, they've got bounce back ability, haven't they? <laughs> within the same game. Yeah, yeah. it does. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, again, this is continuing the, the good performances at, at all levels, really, because we've had the women that obviously uh, won the Asian Cup, made the World Cup next year in Germany. Under-19s, now under-17s. So promising signs, you know. For A lot of us have been say, worrying about the next generation and the, the, the retiring sort of golden generation, but it looks like the future might be brighter than we thought. Mm. Right, Branko. Swinging the axe, apparently. Apparently it's been a bit of a dust-up uh, between Casey Weirman and Lubo Milosevic. And he's looking at dropping a bombshell by axing them both. Mm. Would have loved right, to have as seen a Newcastle it. fan, Alan, you'd know about punch ups between teammates. Kira Diley Bowie, that was against yeah. the Villa. Yes, it was against the Villa. Uh, One of the funniest things that I've ever seen. <laughs> yes, exactly. I'm not sure if this is up um, in going back into Trev's uh, realm of West Ham. Uh, Hartson v Berkovic or one yeah, I dare say we kicked him in the head. Yeah, for <laughs> he that one in training. It's a slash on the face. But, uh, Graham Lasso, was there a Blackburn one? Graham Lasso, back, uh, that David was in a Champions League match. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, and we, I would have just loved to have seen it because Lubo doesn't look like he uh, take a backward step until he speaks because he's got that squeaky voice, but he just looks mm. real tough. And Casey, well, he's a dead set ringer for Stone Cold Steve Austin. So, yeah. whew, um, Football aside, I just would have loved to have seen seen it happen. But uh, big call from Branko, given how his team's going and his two most experienced players. Well, out. I suppose it sends a message, doesn't it? I mean, there's two ways you can do it. Either you can sort of play the, well, you know, if it was Harry Redknapp, he'd probably be like, you know, well, you know, they're uh, <laughs> yeah, all fighting for the calls. Uh, yeah. Well, he, he said the Hearts and Berkovich thing didn't happen. He goes, yeah. total nonsense, <laughs> didn't happen. And then it came out that someone had footage of it and he went, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> made, it, made it work. Hody, who produces Match Day Saturday, um, <laughs> mentioned that he actually was at Sky Sports News the day that that happened, or Sky the day that it happened, and apparently um, they decreed that that vision of Hearts and, and uh, Berkovich wouldn't get out. Somehow it got out. That, it um, always does. And one of the one of I think one of the journo's um, sold it to the Sun or something. So he made a quid. Not only got it out, like played it on his own station. He said, stuff that I can make a quid out of this." Took it to the Sun, and then they put it on their uh, website, and away it went. So maybe the Newcastle Herald might have a bit of a scoop for us tomorrow and uh, give us a bit of vision for this. But no, it, right. it's, it does say minor training ground spat, whatever yeah. that means. So. All right, well, we'll see what happens, see whether he actually follows through with that or whether that's just a sort of, you know, threat. Uh, Carl, Nicky Carl. Sydney FC do not have a lot of luck with their marquees, do they? No. Australian, Brazilian, doesn't really matter. Uh, Nicky Carl's looks like he's out for another month now with, uh, with a foot injury, uh, which is sustained in the closing stage of the Perth game. Obviously, he's, uh, he's gutted about it, shattered about it. It's been a tough season, and, and to be fair, his return did signal... 
a little bit of a rejuvenation of Sydney. I mean, whether you put it down totally to him or just the psychology of having him back. Or Trev? playing Perth. Um, yeah, I, I, I think that you know they've missed him, but their problems run deeper than Nicky Carr. From a personal point of view, I was, he's probably one of the main guys I was looking forward to watching this season. So it's disappointing not to see more of him. But I don't think with Nicky Carr and their team that you know they'd be in the finals places or anything. Mm. No, he would have made that bigger difference. How unlucky! He gets himself back on the park. It's just terrible luck for him. But he'll be back. It's only four weeks. Um, there'll still be just under half the season to go by the time he's back so hopefully then fingers crossed although in the back of his mind for the rest of the season was would be oh, what's going to happen now but yeah, uh, yeah he, he's integral they can't make the finals without him ok well let's wish him a speedy return uh, Justin Passfield is the latest uh, North Queensland Fury player to, to head out uh, Did, he's already signed coming. for the Mariners I mean, it's going to be a bit of a ridiculous situation if the FFA don't confirm one way or the other because all that's going to happen is over the next the remainder of this season every week someone's going to pick off one of the Fury players we saw Cernak already signed for victory Passfield's now signed for the Mariners and again you know, talking about the guys that are up there you just feel a little bit sorry for them because their hands are completely tied Franz Strucker can't keep his players even if he wants to they are forbidden from any contract negotiations it is like a guy and a girl go on a date no, it's just a simple one. The guy and the girl go on a date. The guy says, oh, I really enjoyed myself. I'll call you tomorrow. The girl sits at home for the next however long waiting for the call and it never comes. And basically she gives up um, and gives up from not getting the call <laughs> and moves one. on. <laughs> North Queensland, another girl in this. Are you following me? North Queensland, another girl. Or the players, the girl. Can we rewind on this? No, moment? no, this is good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Professional broadcaster. <laughs> Talking absolute jibber. Um, North Queensland of the girl. And they're just sitting there waiting for the call. From her, and I've got a feeling... From the FFA. From the FFA, who's the guy. Oh, right. And it ain't going to come. Right, I thought the girl was the player who no. was waiting for Fury to no. be able to offer him a contract. So no. in the end, they just go work well, North Queensland of the girl. Yeah, North Queensland oh, of the girl. Oh, okay. She's yeah. sitting at home all lonely going, oh, what have I done, what have I done, oh, getting the call. It's not going to come, darling. Unfortunately, they're just going to wait until it all peters out <laughs> exactly. and move on. All right. um, do you know what I think they are like? I think they're like the X Factor. Mainly laughable, but if there's anyone good, then they just get snapped up. It's just an audition, isn't it, basically? True. North Queens and Fury. So if who's Carl well Sanderlands? Then you just go. Who's Carl Sanderlands in the whole thing? <laughs> I can't stand him. Uh, I don't know. Come on, Clive, Clive, you've got Clive to Farmer. Before you play. <laughs> okay, well, who's Natalie and Brilliant? Whilst we're on the subject of girls, let's. Um, the W League launched ah, launch this week. That was seamless. First games kick off <laughs> this weekend, uh, live on the ABC. Good on the ABC for. Um, Getting behind it again. Um, I was actually at the lunch. It was a little, yeah. uh, little affair. Where was, where was I? How comes I wasn't there? Yeah, sometimes you just got a pull rank. Um, <laughs> there was a great moment which I actually tweeted. Oh, that, that made me actually <laughs> laugh out loud. They were interviewing uh, the girls. Uh, Stephanie Brant was interviewing the girls, uh, one from each team, and they were interviewing uh, our own Kate Gill, our yep. columnist Kate Gill. And um, she's playing for Perth this year. I mean, obviously played for Newcastle last. And uh, they're saying who she, you know, who she. Uh, Thought was going to win the league, you know, who, who was the strongest teams, and she said, yeah, I actually think that, that Canberra have got a really good team, and in actual fact, I might go and put some money on, on them to win it. Ooh. There was a few little chairs that were sort of Ben Buckley just sort of put his head in his hands and sort of went, please don't do that, Kate. <laughs> I, I do love women's because there is that sort of innocence about it. They're all really good mates, you know, all yeah. these girls that were there 
have just come back from playing in Germany. They're all sort of good mates. They're all having good-natured banter. Um, so I, I, I like the W League. I think it's good, good value, good football. Um, and obviously, it's a massive year for the girls because you know I was talking to Tom Samani as well. You know, he's probably got a squad of 35 to 40 that could all make the, mm. the World Cup, and he's got to get that down to 23 Which by the end of this season. Yeah. Um, and the thing was, as well that I found is. The last World Cup, you were looking at people like Joe Peters, Cheryl Salisbury, all of that hardcore mainstay, and they just seem to have seamlessly brought this new generation through of 16, 17-year-olds that mm. they still play the same way, but I just, they just seem to have this never-ending sort of production line of talent, which yeah. the, the, the men could only dream about, you know, at that level. Well, it is so popular. It is yeah. ridiculously popular. On a, it's getting to in my association where we play. That obviously the guys play Saturday. Um, girls play Sunday. It's impossible yeah. to if you've got a carryover game on the Saturday. It's impossible to get a field now on the Sunday because yeah. they're all taken up. So it's um, it's really good signs and um, yeah, looking forward to uh, the World Cup. And it's good to see. I was trying to think just then how many countries in the world would have uh, their women's national league on free-to-air television around the world. Not many. Right. So. Home of football, home of global football, Australia. Oh, I thought you meant home of global football, ABC. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. Um, Kate may may be able to not put a bet on, but can we? Canberra, she reckons? Canberra, yeah. So Sally Shippard's gone Canberra. Caitlin Munoz is back from a long-term knee injury. Hey, I'll work for a couple of quid, aren't I? Have a look. Get on. Uh, just final one we'll just talk very quickly uh, Matthew Leckie obviously uh, disappointingly is out for a, for an extended period probably 8 to 10 weeks um, with a knee injury I didn't actually know there was a medial cruciate ligament I knew there was an anterior and a posterior I didn't know there, I knew there was a medial ligament I didn't know there was a medial cruciate they're finding new ligaments all sorts in there I think um, now that I know we have permission to swear they're just making shit up yeah, <laughs> perhaps. Uh, now there was a bit of controversy over this in the fact that you know it, it appeared that Sucker deliberately may have targeted that knee in the tackle. It wasn't deliberate, but it was just it was. a terrible tackle. tackle and he deserved yeah. to get suspended for it. It was a ridiculous tackle. Like yeah. he got got him in the knee. But if he didn't get, but if he, the ref didn't send him off, then the but match. The, the ref could off. not have seen that. He could not have seen that. There's no way in the world he would have seen that and let that go if he saw it. And he said he saw it. How? What? What? How? <laughs> How? It's impossible. Trev, what do you think? Do you think he um, should have been? Yeah, well, we spoke to Lecky yesterday, actually. Yeah. Um, for the magazine. He, he was pretty philosophical and about he's it. Very wasn't he? upbeat he was about like, it. He was Ve- just like happened. Don't think it was deliberate. He's a pretty yeah. laid back dude. From what I, I mean, understand. he was obviously carrying it as it was. It wasn't yeah. right. It was ridiculously heavily strapped. Which, at any level, first thing you do if someone takes the picture is yeah. you give them a little bit. Of like Musket got him in within 25 seconds of the kickoff <laughs> yeah. with a loose little elbow to the and chest. He's arguably one of the you know definitely is one of their best players. So he was probably targeted. Uh, the way Lecky put it is, he was like, I was probably targeted to you know be kept quiet. But he doesn't think that he was targeted. I just think if if we start retrospectively penalising clumsy challenges in the A League, we won't be able to put sides out. <laughs> that was that was <laughs> yeah. in the grand final though of how bad though. Like, the ball was on the ground and he got him on the knee. Like yeah. Anyway, the, the problem is it, it makes it worse when when you review it back and you know Lecky's out and you know yeah. this good young player's You're out sort for of so long. The hindsight on it and yeah. Which kind of can sometimes it should, that shouldn't skew the, the match review panel because sometimes you get in tackles like that and people don't get injured, and that's you have to sort of balance that up. 
Well, I said four words when it happened, when I saw the first replay, and I didn't know, even know what happened to Leckie. Yeah. That's uh, something shocker. So, yeah. I mean, and Adelaide were naive in the fact that they went, uh, they equalised when Leckie While was they being were trying sub. Leckie should have yeah. gone Just down stayed and down. Down. stayed down, then got off the field and got the sub on then, but they were down to 10, and uh, the game was equalised and probably turned around after that. All right. Well, obviously, the end result is that the A-League's going to be denied uh, one of its probably standout performers uh, this season for the next two and a half months. But let's hope that Adelaide uh, stay where they are and he can come back and have an impact in the finals. Get Romario back. <laughs> yeah, because he, he was really successful, wasn't he? Yeah. He probably, he's Good probably impact. claimed Matthew Leckie's goals this season already, anyway. <laughs> yeah, for the thousand. Um, right, section three. We'll be back after this break where we're going to go all around the houses and have a quick chat about pretty much everything, so including... Uh, Will Spurs and Gareth Bale move on to solving world hunger now that world football domination is in the bag for him. So uh, join, join us after this break. Visit Football Emporium on www.footballemporium.biz to see the largest selection of football merchandise and memorabilia in Australia. A real football shopping experience. Or why not pop in and visit them directly at 139 Victoria Road, Dremoyne. Or simply call them on 1300 Goals to find out what's new in the football world. Back to 442 Insider. Hello, welcome back to this week's 442 Insider podcast, section three. Bit of everything, bit of a mixed bag, Jacko's bag. Uh, First (laughs) one, I'm going to pull out the bag. (laughs) Nani's goal. Speaking of Jacko, the kid that looks like Michael Jackson circa 1982. Nani's goal, neat or cheat? Cheat. Uh, neat oh, to make the podcast more interesting <laughs> alright Adam you, you say cheat he cheated why not cheated because of what happened um, with Gomez laying the ball and okay fair enough he did that he cheated because he got his hand he put his hand on the ball but the ref wave, wave play on <sighs> yeah but the ref played oh, advantage I know yeah. it sounds strange to go oh, how can you play advantage right. when you've got but you Portuguese break, for karma um, look, the ref stuffed it up, and even he's come out and said as much, didn't he? Klanberg apparently came out and said afterwards that he, he kind of made a little bit of a mess of that, but it wasn't an easy situation. But yeah, I mean, look, he, he did play advantage. I don't know what Gomez was thinking when he rolled the ball down. No. He must have thought it was a free kick had been, had been given. You see, all right, I, I, I think refs get a bloody hard time, right? Yeah. And Tottenham are chasing the game. Yeah, there's seven minutes to go at Old Trafford. Their keeper has got the ball in his hands. Yeah, he knew that he saw the handball. He gave that signal, say you've got the ball, play on, which the ref can do for any infringement. Yeah, the other option is Gomez is has got the ball in his hands. He makes him go back to the goal line, put the ball down and take. What what does the, what does he get then from the players, or what does he get from Harry Redknapp? This is ridiculous. He's too pedantic. Why can't he just let us play? Gomez has got the ball in his hands. Mm. He does that. Gomez for then for for whatever reason goes against everything that you're told as a kid, everything that you're told as a kid. I'd play over 35's goalkeeper, right? I did. If I've got the ball in my hands, even if I think the ref's given a free kick for offside or whatever it was, the first thing I'd do, I would never put the ball down and step away from it until I've said to the ref, where is it? Where's the free kick? Here, put the ball down. Because until he's done that... He's Brazilian, though. They might do it there. I just think... 
I just think, yeah, yeah. We, we're making excuses for players that, that want it both ways. They want to be, out, they want to moan at the ref when they when they're not allowed to take a free kick, and then they moan at him when they, yeah. Things Gomez cannot decide when the whether there's an advantage or not. The referee is the only person oh, who can no. decide that. No. And I just felt that he was given the advantage, he was told to play on, and then he decided that no, I'm going to take the free kick. But also take the free kick nowhere near where where the infringement actually was. I do like it though when ref, when players get pinged for being because it's Nani basically is trying to be the ref by falling over, grabbing yeah, the ball. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. I do like it when they get pinged for handball for that yeah. because it stops them doing it. And um, Nani did it. Um, Ronaldo used to do it a lot in the Premiership. He yeah, yeah, yeah. probably still well, does it. Well, it forces the ref to make a decision, doesn't it? It's sort of it does work, okay. It, and it arguably, works at grassroots level. Yeah, you know, arguably. He could have given the goal and then booked Nani for a deliberate handball. Yeah. Well. Yeah. But then he would have like, hang on. But I think he went he went over to <laughs> the linesman. My brain nearly exploded. <laughs> he, he he went over to the linesman and I think all he was checking from the linesman. The linesman said to, I think said to Clattenburg, "Did you see the handball?" And Clattenburg said, "Yes, I played on." And I think that all Clattenburg said to the linesman was, "Did you say anything else to the keeper?" I.e., you know, did you say the keeper is a free kick or did you signal that he should take the free kick? The linesman went no, and so I think he gave the goal. I think fair play. Yeah. I don't think players can have it, and managers can have it both ways. They either want referees that allow the game to flow and don't be too pedantic, or you, you create a scenario where every referee now is going to go, I'll just blow it and make you go back and take it there. But if he got pedantic in that, in that time, um, he, I honestly don't think Clattenburg saw the handball. Well, he says that he did. Well, he says, he he says it now. He couldn't have, because straight, well, I, if he saw it, it's a it's a free kick straight away. No, but, blows his whistle. But, but Gomez scoops the ball up and has it in his hands, and he's running towards the edge of his area. So yeah. that's that's the point: is that that he saw it, but Gomez had the ball. The handball made no impact on the game. Gomez has the ball in his hands. They're chasing the game, and he's running towards the edge of his area. Well, two things two things break down then. It was no advantage. So advantage, so you can ping it back. Even if Nani plays on, you say, hang on, there was no advantage there for Tottenham. Retake the free kick, and Nani's inside the 10 yards as well for the free kick. So I know he's played mm. on with the advantage, but... Mm. <laughs> wouldn't, have made any, wouldn't have made any difference nah, anyway. Lose anyway. Yeah. It was one nil. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> staying, uh, staying with Spurs. Ugh. Okay. What a player! <laughs> We're surrounded. I'm surrounded by Spurs fans here. He... Uh, Paul, the ex-editor, is on it on Facebook. That thing that he said wouldn't last six months. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, Gareth Bale, better than Pele. Better than Pele. Better yeah. than Maradona at the moment. He's kind of like, yeah, he's like Pele and Maradona, but sort of morphed Rolled into, into one. one man, isn't he? God. Big ears. One overreaction. Interesting little, I, I don't know if anyone follows um, Opta Joe's tweets on Twitter. Yeah. They're brilliant. They're really, really good. And it, he made a point, so, you know, he does a number and then a stat after. The number was 102. And it's the amount of Premiership players that have had more assists than Bale in the Premiership this season. Bale hasn't had a single assist in the Premiership. Okay, I know he he, you know, tore into to shreds in the two biggest games of his career, but you know this season he may have scored, but he hasn't got any other assists. And every you know, everyone's getting excited about it. How many players can you list that have had good runs of form? I could tell you about two of them that play for Newcastle Jets now. You know, Bridges and Jeffers yeah. had periods of their career yeah. when well, people so, going so, on about the same way. Eighteen months ago, that Gareth Bale couldn't get a start. You know, wasn't even in the squad. You know, and when he did, they they lost every game. I think it was twenty two, twenty odd games. It was twenty four games they lost. Spurs never won. He was seen as a bit of a Jonah around mm. the place. But 
But, you know, he certainly did. I mean, the, the big thing for me was that, having seen him score three in the first leg, what was Benitez doing? He's meant to be the master tactician, <laughs> Benitez. Oh, and he God. had an absolute... He, he had acreage around got, him every time he got the ball. massively attacking fullback in my con, going up against someone who's just scored a hatchet against him, and you just say, all right, as you were, just carry on. Right. <laughs> and the right midfielder for Inter, because he played, I think he played a 4-2-3-1, um, and the right midfielder had to come back, and uh, yeah. Bianbi, is it, for the, the young French um, French kid? Yeah. He was meant to come back and help out occasionally, but every time he got the ball bail, he was... Oh, hey, right, I'm just going to run it. <laughs> my God, look like he had... Two left feet. Another example on that is Walcott, who scored an international hat-trick away from home. Everyone was hailing him as the next big thing. He didn't even go to the World Cup a few months later. Mm. Like, things well, I mean, can turn round. Unfortunately for Gareth Bale being well, she's never going to go to the World <laughs> Cup either. <laughs> um, Alright, well, yeah, it put Spurs in a good position. Uh, probably one win away from qualifying. And you'd probably say their home form, certainly, gives them a... Yeah, would give him a good Match example. Match for anyone, though, yeah, I think. Yeah, so... Just on the assist thing, but how many, I don't know if Captain Opta can tell you how many times Bale's crossed it into Crouch and he's knocked it down to someone to knock it in. So he doesn't get yeah. the assist, but yeah. he's created. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just Cert- certainly him. twice against the Villa. Yeah. Uh, you block your ears around the Spurs fans, but I just love watching the guy because he's fast, he runs all day, and he gives gives it his all. If everyone did that, we'd have a much better product to watch. Yeah. Not that it's bad at the moment. One for you, mate. We thought we'd throw this in just so we can. I'm going to go get it. a drink. You're on the only <laughs> talking of gloating. Newcastle five, Sunderland one. Who saw this coming? <laughs> Not me. <laughs> I woke up. I'm just glad you spanked someone else this year oh. as well as us. Yeah. Oh, well, we won't use that word in this context because no. Um, <laughs> the the. Two one as well at Upton Park, by the way, Trevor. What? Seen you What's that? <laughs> um, woke up Monday morning, go on the radio because I had a massive work in with the kids, so I queued it, and I was hoping to just avoid the score, go down and gently watch it. Woke up, go on the radio, half asleep, and uh, it was Andy Pascaletti's actually, and he goes, "Yeah, Newcastle, um, big win for them." And I, oh, beauty, five one. Get off the Uzo, Pascalides. You're <laughs> kidding yourself. Went downstairs, put it on, and watched it three times later that afternoon. I thoroughly enjoyed uh, that viewing. It was uh, unbelievable. They played them off the park, and uh, Sunderland just weren't there. You know it's your day when Shalami Obi scores twice. <laughs> he, can, he scores for fun against Sunderland. <laughs> But we're playing Arsenal this week, and he's never scored against them in 13 appearances. So and a hat-trick for uh, skipper Kevin Nolan. He was awesome. He was yeah. absolutely awesome. Newcastle, um, a quick quick summary on them this season. When they play the good teams, they'll struggle because the good teams are of high quality. I'm talking about top four, top five. When they play the lesser teams who come to St. James's and park the bus, like we've seen against uh, Stoke to a lesser extent, but Wigan certainly passed the bu- park the bus as well, and Blackpool parked the bus. They scored goals on the counter-attack. They'll struggle because they don't have the quality to break them down. But against all other sides, they've got a chance because they play a really good brand of football there. The Kmart version of Arsenal's Park Avenue in the way that they actually play, keep the ball on the deck and pass it around. So And the, uh, the Kevin Nolan, Andy Carroll, you know, three men and a baby. Oh, it's, a, it's a match made it's in heaven, isn't it? For him at I wonder what Kevin Nolan's wife thinks of all of this. I don't know. And his kids. <laughs> And it, anyway. it made a bit of a mockery of all the talk in the previous week about Hutton's job. Was he safe? Was he not, you know, well, he's he, not safe now still. It's the ridiculous thing about the club. And they, they say they want to bring stability to the club, but we're back to where we isn't were. Isn't that stability? He's, he's brought them up from the, from the championship. They're doing well in the premiership. He's just spanked your home rivals 5-1, and all the players are behind him. What more stability not, do you not want? Not just that. Yeah, in the greatest fan, they are playing a brand of football which is so good. They've got Geordie up front. You know, so what, what more do you want? 
and uh, they're just the way they're playing. It, it's almost like what Ange has done with Brisbane. They were playing a certain brand of football, and all of a sudden now they're playing this totally different brand of football, which is so pleasing on the eye. It gets your results occasionally. It gets you, it gets you beaten sometimes, but I can't work it out. Can anyone? T- one annoying thing, Sunderland, Steve Bruce. But that is one annoying thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I can't stand oh, it. In, but interviews. Why does when he pronounces our? Why is it war? <laughs> w R. Well, we got war come up and today. We got you know. Well, war defence. Well, listen. Next time he's interviewed, <laughs> it, it annoys the hell out of me. He can't say our. It's like well, war defence today. It's like oh, get out of it, mate. Get your nose straight and. Well, every I, the post-match interview that I saw the other day, I didn't listen to too much. I was too busy laughing. So, no, uh, he's always said that how much he loves Newcastle. He used to go to St James's Park and watch it. Blah, 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 blah. I tell you why I, I have two really. One, well, of, well, one obviously before, in managed man. Blues, and second in the first Premier League season when Villa pushed Man United. So we were one nil up at Old Trafford, and this was where Fergie time first reared its head. Where he scored two headed goals yep. to win the game in the 93rd and the 96th minute, and that was the footage of Brian Kidd on the Old Trafford pitch on Go his knees, it, yeah. and Ferguson. I'm never forgiving him. I was just, I was just <laughs> so good because we were we were runners up in the first Premier yeah. League season. Yeah, my, I just, and and I, all the time I've just felt that if that would have gone differently and we'd have won that game one nil up with, in the 93rd minute. How different the the last sort of sixteen years could have been. <laughs> God, it's the sliding doors moment. Could have been us with like you know, ten Premier League titles and two European Cups. And well, the reason I hate to go him with is our other European Cups. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the the reason I hate him is. Do you remember when West Ham stopped Man U from winning the title last game of the season? That ridiculous game they had about a million chances. Well, when he was Birmingham manager, you know. Back for you know five six seven years ago or something, they sent us down and ahead of the game he's like I cannot wait to send West Ham down today after they stopped us winning the title and that's always stuck with me because I don't think he needed to say that he could afford it but yeah and they did send us down but <laughs> all right um, he's got other issues right idiot. now quick one on the World Cup bid uh, never a dull moment where FIFA's concerned um, Mohammed bin Amam has come out with, this week saying that. Um, it was disappointing the way that uh, the English press went about it. Um, <laughs> disappointed with the English press. First time anyone has ever said I loved that. his quote, though. I loved his quote, though. He said, I'm not sure of the value of cleaning dirty, d- washing dirty laundry with dirty water. It's <laughs> quite like that. They said, and this is what made me laugh, was as a supposedly independent member of the 24-man executive committee said, um, it wouldn't be like this in the Middle East. The Middle East press wouldn't... Uh, wouldn't deal with things like this in you other words them. go Qatar <laughs> <laughs> in other words the Middle East <coughs> Qatar wouldn't um, so do we think the last week has probably been good for Australia who the bloody hell I've got absolutely no All idea right. now I must admit I'd, when the story broke and we talked about it I did have this horrible sinking feeling in my stomach that Australia was going to get implicated in it yeah. somehow because of the reputation let's say the, the alleged reputation of Peter Hargitay and and Radman, the guys that have been active, but it seems, touch wood, that they're sort of out of it. Um, England, however... Even if however, you're in it, you're still in it. Even if you're in that problem, it seems that... Because yeah. Qatar and Spain, Portugal, the votes clearly. Uh, where's that big carpet? There's a lot under it. I do think that England might have... The English press might have just cost England the World Cup, though. 
I really do. Cause think about it, right? You're one of a 24-man boys' club. Yeah, there's 24 of you. You don't get paid, but you can travel around the world, first class, you know, whatever you want, on tap, FIFA executive committee. Two of your mates, your good mates, get sprung with a sting by the English press. Are you then... It's, bear in mind, it's only you, the, the remaining 22 that are going to decide who gets the World Cup. Are you then going to sign yourself up to eight years of not knowing whether you're speaking to a real business person or someone from the sun undercover? Wouldn't you just go, oh, I can't, we can't be bothered with yeah. that? Yeah, good point. You know, it's like, is this what we've signed ourselves up for? I think they've, you know, I think they've shot the ball. The English press would not put up with what FIFA did in South Africa, establishing their own courts, yeah. you know, and not paying tax and stuff like yeah. that. I just think that the English press would just... I just don't think they, they would put up with it. And it was so. the Sunday Times as well. I know. The most highbrow of the highbrow. I know. I, know. I, I always had a feeling from the start that that England bid would implode somehow, that they'd do something along the way and not get it. They did their best themselves, and now the press are doing it for yeah. them. But, uh, but, yeah, so we've got 28 days until the decision. Oh, my God. 28 days. To, and certainly, I mean, what's the feeling over at Fox, Adam? You know, I mean... Are it, you going to be showing it? Uh, yeah, if we're allowed, I'm, the, I'm pretty sure we're allowed. I, I think it comes under news access, so yeah. we can show it on Fox Sports. But news also, I mean, team. for the game, you know, is, is, are we reaching the point with the A League where the World Cup's critical, or is it was it a nice to have? Or? I think it's a nice to have because it's 12 years away. Um, I think there's more pertinent problems at the moment at grassroots level, not at grassroots level, but at A League level, which is grassroots level in comparison to this. Um, I think the biggest thing to do with it, the whole thing would be one way or another all the resources that are going into this particular bid all the contracts run out at um, FIFA, uh, FFA headquarters on December 3 yeah. now we can plunge a, f- a bit more thought back into what we perhaps need to and that's the A-League not saying that we don't need to do it for the, the World Cup bid but hopefully resources get spread out a bit more and if we do get it a, a whole another entity is set up away from that but the resources from the bid gets put back into um, to the A-League and W-League and uh, FFA Cup. Can they afford oh, those resources without the government backing for the bid, though? Have the FFA got the money to absorb those resources well, once into you, the A-League? Once you get it, I think uh, the cash deal starts ticking then you over. Start over. If they don't get it. If they don't get it. Mm. Um, well, obviously, there's going to be cutbacks and, and yeah. things like that, but there's, there's surely just people. Just people being able to... The, the, the quality of people that might be working on the um, the bid at the yeah. moment get filtered back into the system yeah. at the FFA Trev mm-hmm. look I, th- I think obviously it'd be positive if it happens particularly in sort of you know corporate support of the game or what have you I don't think we're all of a sudden going to see a massive surge of you know A-League attendances going up and stuff I think as you get a little bit closer which is a long way away you might start seeing that so I don't think it's going to be as big an impact as some people are talking about and also I don't think it'll be quite as negative as people are saying about if we don't get it I still think that you know the FA will probably shift their concentration hmm. on the A League, and you know things I will keep ticking over. I the Asian Cup. Yeah, I think for me, I think the, the interesting it would be the mainstream media's treatment of the game. I think well, there will be two different extremes. If we don't get it, it will be why the hell do we spend all that money? Um, yeah, and that will fill the airwaves of, of the press yeah. we all know about. But then the other side <laughs> of it is, if we do get it, they can't ignore it anymore. They can't. They they know that. 12 yeah. years time I know it's a long time but they've almost got to start giving to remain credible they've got to start giving the game more respect than they have but won't they just dig up a load of stories about oh we're spending all this money and all this is going the, the, you know, there's no, always an angle because, because, oh, you're, a, because your average yeah. Aussie 
will then go, right, we've won the World Cup, we want it to be the best World Cup ever. Oh, Just like they do the Olympics. All of a sudden, it's how you won it is yeah. forgotten. It's that national pride takes over, and anyone that's going against that is then un-Australian, and I think that that would be a massive fillip. I mean, it hasn't stopped them so far in the bidding process, though, has it? But that's in the bidding process. Then if you win it, then then everything else goes by the wayside. It's like, right, we've got the World Cup. Let's make it the best one. In the lead-up to the Sydney Olympics, there was all these stories. um, In uh, particularly the Herald Press, they just went after Sokog. Despite the fact that we had the games, they were going after him. Why are you spending this money? Kind of being like a watchdog, if you like. The same thing will happen here. Um, but we'll just get to the event and it'll be a 12-year month, uh, twelve year lead-up. Just back to the But um, also the Olympics is a bit different, though, because it's a city. I think you've still True. got the list sniping from Melbourne and the Melbourne yeah. press. And, but, yeah, the good thing about the World Cup is it is genuinely the whole country. Yeah. You know, it is Australia. It's not Sydney. So. Mm. All right. Um, final one. Just have a quick chat. Match day Saturday. Obviously, you've just had a couple of weeks off. One week. Ah, one week. Yeah. God, it feels like, you know. <laughs> I was very disappointed on the weekend of uh, the Birmingham Villa derby. I had to watch a Blue Nose <laughs> hosted match, match day Saturday. I, I'm sure it was done to wind me up. It's just like, to spite you, yep. That's the only fair. reason. It's just, you can't do that. Yeah. I got my uh, I got my wife's brother to get married on that day because I knew Jack Owen would be teed off because I can't watch I can't watch the blue lights talk about it. <laughs> no, I'm I'm back on this week. Um, the two chuckleheads next to me as always, uh, and uh, Matt Preston, big Matt Preston, oh. the cravat wearing food critic. Oh, yeah, is our uh, is our he's another Melbourne Victory fan. Melbourne, Melbourne Victory fan can hold a bloody um, celebrity, can't they? Uh, got uh, him coming in. He's a Chelsea. Fa- he's a big Chelsea fan though as well. Yeah. So we're going to go through a few funny things uh, in the background of Chelsea. And uh, I do believe, uh, as we sit here and now, in a couple of hours' time, I'm going to go out with them. Robbie and Bozza are going to start cooking again for us. Oh. <laughs> <Excellent>. <laughs> with a bit of a twist, uh, it's going to be a bit of a laugh. Um, yeah. Looking forward to it. Bozza's pumped. Robbie, we had to cajole him, but uh, he's going to do it. And uh, yeah, Bozza went out shopping immediately to go out and um, buy his food for it. And um, <laughs> Robbie, I think we're just going to get a case of VB and a couple of bangers and, Fish and fingers we're away. <laughs> we're away. Choc ice and chips. No, it's a barbecue. It's a barbecue theme. So we have to cook on a barbecue. They have to cook on a barbecue. And uh, Matt Preston's going to sit there and kind of kind of critique it. And uh, yeah, it's going to be a bit of fun. Excellent. And how, how does things change now? Obviously, the clocks have gone back in England. So. It's, it's now the early game is until sort of 11.30. Are you guys going to go right yeah, through? We get bumped. Yeah, we'll go right through this weekend. There's, in November, there's a stack of good games, early games, stack of good games. There's a North London derby. Uh, I think this weekend is Bolton-Tottenham, so we get to see Pelé in action down the left yeah. of Tottenham again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, against Bolton, the big, the big test. How do they bounce back? Uh, I'm betting that Owen Coyle probably puts two men on him and just tries to force him inside wherever he can, and they'll probably nullify it. No, this week we're on at 6... So, throughout summer, we're basically on at 6pm Eastern um, all through summer. There's the odd occasion where bloody Wellington want to have a Saturday game, so we have to come on heaps earlier. But uh, we're on at 6pm, and there's the two games. This week we've got two really good games, Melbourne Victory, uh, Gold Coast, and the massive um, Adelaide-Brisbane match. Hopefully people in Brisbane get out to that. And uh, then that ends at about just after 11 Eastern, and then at 11.45 Eastern is the early game from the Premiership. Cool. And then we go straight through till 2 o'clock. I think Wolves, Man U is the featured game, all the others on viewer's choice. It's a big old shift, though, isn't it? It's, it's good fun. Hours. Yeah. 
Thanks plenty of caffeine. I think I get through. My record is 14 pieces of pizza, <laughs> three Coca-Colas and a Red Bull. Fantastic. And obviously, the, for the four new, days after that. The new dimension oh, is, is, everyone, is everyone tweeting through the through the coverage throughout, which adds yep. another dimension. I've got one of those little puppies, the iPad that you've got here on your... On, in the uh, the broom cupboard here, uh, we've got one of those on the desk now. So um, excellent. Haven't let Robbie and Bozzard near it. The Bozzard, I don't think, knows how to turn on a computer, let alone an iPad or an iPhone or whatever. So yeah, big hands as well. Technology. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we we talked about a couple of the games coming up. We're going to preview them in a little bit more detail after this break. Uh, join us for the final part of this week's Four Four Two Insider Podcast. Four Four Two is five years old this month, and we're celebrating with a new section a hot new look and a new editor. Australia's finest player, Harry Kuehl, takes over the editor's job at 442 this month with a look back at the highs and lows of his stellar career and he delivers his controversial blueprint for the future of Australian football. Go inside Australia's bid to host the 2022 FIFA World Cup as we get exclusive access to the bid team, including Ben Buckley and Frank Lowy. We go one-on-one with French legend Robert Pires and launch a brand-new performance section guaranteed to make you a better player. Honest. Fifth birthday souvenir special issue on sale now. The latest on the world game. This is 442 Insider. Hello, welcome back to the final part of this week's 442 Insider podcast. We're going to look ahead to this weekend's A-League games. I think it's round 13 we're yep, on now. That's right. Extending round 12. Kicks off Friday night up at Dairy Farmers, North Queensland, home to Central Coast Mariners. Uh, looking at Sporting Bet, they've got a uh, well, toss a coin from Sporting Bet, $2.60 each. Uh, I'd say that's probably a value bet for the Mariners. Mariners, um, yeah. Draws $3.30. Trev? All over the Mariners there. I think they'll go there and win. Just won 5 0. Fury still look a bit all over the place. 2 1 Mariners, I'm going to say. Adam, draw? I'll go 3 1 uh, <laughs> Mariners. <laughs> You remembered. Uh, Mariners, purely because of the fact that um, Okoto, central defender, hate it when central defenders who have been there practically the whole season drop out of a side. So, uh, yeah, I'll go yeah. Mariners. Yeah, interesting one, because it's just like, you know, you never know what you're going to get with Fury. I mean, this is just the sort of game that mm. they could end up winning again, you know. But, um, they get Franz back, don't they? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, he's back on the bench. So More entertainment. Yeah. Uh, did you hear the stuff that they they actually had his jacket on the bench? <laughs> and uh, I listened to Robin like Middleby say, Robin Middleby had it next to him, and they were saying that if they'd have scored a winning goal, what the players were going to run over and one oh, of them was going to put it on. That oh, that would have <laughs> that would have been the end of Boz's hair right there <laughs> yeah. and then. What actually? What is going on with that? We're waiting for more. We want yeah, more. Need more entries. It wasn't really quite. It was good, and I reckon he's still going to do it, but need. A f- we, we want more entry. We don't just want to get one and go, oh, let's do it. Yeah. 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 You want to see what, my missus actually saying that he should do it because he'll, he'll never go back. <laughs> I don't think it'll come back. Yeah. No. He had weddings, didn't he? That was his excuse. Yeah, a wedding, oh, and he wanted to have hair for Beckham coming here. I don't oh, know. What's what that about? <laughs> <laughs> that defies logic, but anyway, that's uh, positive. Saturday night, uh, two massive games. Melbourne Victory home to Gold Coast at Etihad, and then we go up to Brisbane Raw. Versus Adelaide United, so two crackers, as you were saying, for uh, for match day Saturday. Trev, Gold Coast, going to Melbourne. Yeah. Quite underachievers, you'd say, at Gold Coast yeah, at the moment. They're ticking over nicely, aren't they? Yeah. Um, as soon as Smelts went, everyone just went, well, that's the end of them. But, you know, it hasn't been. Um, I think they'll, you know, go there and try and keep it tight, try and get a point, and I think that's what they'll get. One all. 
Draws three dollars thirty. Gold Coast to three bucks. Melbourne victory are two dollars twenty-five on Sporting Bet. Some tight um, odds this weekend, isn't it? Because it's quite difficult to pick from this lot. Draw, draw, draw. He's back. The draw, the draw master. Back. Uh, game of the round. Really looking forward to this one. Brisbane at home to Adelaide. Uh, you're right, Adam. Let's hope that um, the the public get out and support. They're not going to see a better game than this all season at Suncorp. So, uh, how do you see it going? Adam. Brisbane, I think the the loss of Lecky, unfortunately, e- even though Travis Dodd, the Dodd father, as uh, <laughs> thanks to you, we've uh, coined him on Match Day Saturday. We've got to come up with a couple more, yeah. a couple more Friday challenges. It's um, the Dodd father against Partaloo this weekend, by the way. Um, <laughs> yeah, Brisbane, the the loss of Lecky, too much. Um, even though the fact that they are coming back from uh, an arduous road trip even though that didn't look too arduous <laughs> in the 92nd minute there when Mitch Nichols put home the fourth. Uh, yeah, Brisbane for me. Trev? Yeah, I, th- I think Brisbane. Um, so that'll be back-to-back defeats for Adelaide. Um, that'll be more interesting to see how they react to that. In terms of the Leckie loss, um, obviously massive loss, brilliant player. But they do have a few players up front that can perform for them, can't they? I mean, you've already got Van Dyke there. Um, you know, you've got Dodd, Ramsey, looks like he's a good player. So, you know... I don't think it's going to be a, a massive problem if they can get into a good position in the finals for Leckie to come back. But yeah, I, I fancy Brisbane to edge him out in that one. Brisbane are favourites, two dollars thirty. Adelaide, two dollars ninety. The draw, three dollars thirty. I'm going to agree. I'm going to go to Brisbane. Brisbane to win that. What so was that? Desk, <laughs> the broom. <laughs> <laughs> the broom fell out. Uh, Sunday, Newcastle Jets are in town in Sydney to play Sydney FC. Um, last versus second last. Must win game really for Sydney FC because if they lose this, they're going to be a whole host adrift at the mm. bottom of the league. Uh, and obviously, Nicky Carl won't be around to face his old team. Trev, just what do you think? cast an, an eye over those sporting bet odds. Yeah, um, we got Sydney FC at dollar eighty-five mm, and Newcastle four bucks. I think that's value. That's ridiculous value. The I draw three dollars forty. I think it'll probably be a draw, but I'd be tempted to take out those Jets at four to one. Three to one. Yeah. Well, yeah, true, true, true. (laughs) Misspent youth, sorry. Um, Draw. Three lines 40, yeah, I'll take that. Um, Perth Glory, Wellington Phoenix. Have we established it is the longest road trip in world football? Or is the one in Russia that's longer? I think there's. Let's claim it because no one's going to chase us up about it, it, are they? Let's claim it. The longest road trip in football. (laughs) Wellington Phoenix on the road. Perth Glory. Now we would have said normally this would be a home banker because Wellington are awful away and Perth are traditionally pretty strong at home but we said that before they got spanked by Sydney It's going to be an awful off isn't it? Who's going to be the least awful? Um, I think it would be a draw to be honest and it could be a really horrible draw draw. A draw is $3.30, Phoenix are $2.90, Perth are $2.30 on Sporting Bet. I really like Perth in this one given what happened in uh, midweek, solidifying things. Yeah. And uh, I really like their chances. Interesting to see if Robbie Fowler plays or he remains on the bench. I backed him to uh, to be first scorer last night. I didn't even get on the pitch, but I got my money back. You do get your money back. No, oh, he got on the pitch. What was the first goal scored, though? No, there wasn't oh. a goal. Oh, no, it's because there wasn't a goal. No, of course. Because there was no goals. I was going to say. Well, yeah, there was no goals. <laughs> he did get on. <laughs> it was late, though, wasn't it? Was but whether or not he's been rested to play in this game... Arrested? 
as in like oh, put on rested. the bench. <laughs> we said whether he's been arrested. I was no, like, what's it? We had a scoop then. <laughs> Didn't, hadn't you heard? No, uh, whether or not he's been rested. Um, I got done with that earlier in the year on Match Day Saturday. I said, uh, t- I said that the old American expression at the end of training, take a knee. And Bozza said, thought I said, take an E. It's <laughs> <laughs> not surprising from Bozza. And I said, no, Bozza, 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 Bozza. New Bozza. New Bozza doesn't think like old Bozza. Take a knee, men. What does that mean? Take a knee? Yeah. It's like get everyone... Kneel down. Kneel down and shut up because I'm about to talk because oh, I'm the okay. coach, I'm the boss. Like Montgomery Burns in The Simpsons when he had the all-star softball team, he says, all right, man, take get a r- knee. Get rid of those sideburns. Yes, no, like, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And uh, it was it Ken Griffey Jr. had the um, elephant juice. Yeah. head exploded. Anyway, right. uh, Perth. We've got everywhere. Back to the Raptors, Simpsons. The Simpsons. Simpsons. Uh, Melbourne Heart get the break this weekend. Um, but then we've got two midweek games next week. Just very quickly look ahead because they will have taken place by the time we come back on air. I've thrown my fixtures away. Adelaide at home to Perth uh, and North Queensland at home to Melbourne Heart. Yeah, Adelaide. Adelaide. <laughs> Ad- Adelaide definitely. That's that's a good away at Fury. That's a good game for Adelaide because they're very likely they would have lost two on the spin, like we were just saying. So that's Chance kind of the, back. that's kind of the game you'd want, isn't it? North um, Queensland, Adam home to Melbourne Heart. Uh, okay? North Queensland. Okay. Oh, I go Heart. I think Heart are getting a nice little um, sort of bit of momentum going. Not go Heart. Away yeah. at Perth, nil nil. Much better result for them than Perth. I think they're they're shaping up quite nicely. Mm. Alright, well that would be that would be round thirteen of how many? Thirty. Thirty. So we're not we're not even halfway yet, so it's still a long way to go. Very much so. Probably too far to go for Sydney FC. Not far enough though for Sydney FC. But um <laughs> Alright, Adam. Yes sir. Thank you very much. No worries. Thanks for coming into the broom cupboard rather than the boardroom this time. Good to be here. As you can see it's a lot more cozy. It is. Trev's got his sad of a same mug. Um, <laughs> no, it's that's the no. that's the Prince of Dubai. <laughs> You can't see this, but this is one of the most ridiculous <laughs> mugs I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, that's the, you know... The I feel like get a photo of your mug up. <laughs> Mohammed your bin Hamad. Mug, your mug, yeah. 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 Trev, thanks, mate. Cheers. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Um, we'll be back this time next week to review all the action from Round 13 and, of course, everything else in the world of football. We've been listening to 442 Insider. 442 Insider is a Helms Media Solutions production. Visit helms.com.au to find out more about our services.